Thank you so, so much for joining us. It is Thursday, October 4th. Today we're going to be talking about some college football. We got a little bit of MLB news uh, playoff season right now. Oh, so yeah. The I'm best thriving. time. I am thriving. It is the best time for baseball, quite <laughs> frankly. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some NFL stuff and maybe some NCAA. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if we get around to NCAA. There we'll was a lot of I stuff that came out about get the. through without screaming. Right. There's a lot of stuff that came out today about the violations and allegations against certain schools and players receiving improper benefits, I think is the correct word. Yes. Yeah. Improper benefits. With that being said, let's hop right into it. We are going to be talking about college football. Once again, thank you so much for joining us on the Easy Sports Podcast. We're just happy that you're listening, quite yeah. frankly. <laughs> <laughs> tell your friends. Yeah, tell your friends. Um, so we'll start with the AP Top 10. Um, there's only really one school that I want to talk about in the AP Top 10. Mm-hmm. Because outside of that, I don't really know that there's anything interesting going on with these teams. Yeah, um, I think that's fair to say. I think it's fair to say that your top four is going to pretty much look like that throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, unless something... Unless something very drastic happens. Right. And, in, in, I mean, Bama's definitely a lock, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, that's not going to change. I, I could not. With the way they're playing and the way they're just cooking teams right. on the field right now, I just can't see it going any other way. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely um, agree. But the game I got my eye on is number nine, West Virginia. It's playing Kansas this week. Mm-hmm. So... I don't have my eye on this game because I think Kansas is going to win because by no means am I saying that. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make that super clear <laughs> yeah. right now. Zach's pick right now yeah. is that this is going to be a very competitive game. <laughs> right. No, I just want to make that super clear right now because I don't want it to get misconstrued Misconstrued that I think uh, Kansas is going to beat West Virginia. You just think West Virginia has room to move. I, I, think, I think that's the most interesting game because – if they don't beat Kansas by enough. Yes. If they don't beat Kansas by enough points, you're in a situation then where people are going, okay, are they really a top 10 team? Yeah. If they That's fair. beat Kansas on a walk-off field goal, <laughs> there's no chance they're staying in the top 10. Yeah. Absolutely none. There will be... You remember those memes that went around when Kansas beat Texas in football? Of course. The Titanic yeah. music? Of course. That's what would happen. If Texas beat West or if Kansas if West beat Vir- West Virginia, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, if Kansas beat Those West are my Virginia, memes. the Titanic when they play the Titanic song, my heart will go on. Right, Celine Dion. It's <laughs> I cry laughing. No matter what, it's over. Right, I cry. I laugh so hard. No, yeah, those. Those are some of the best videos on the internet. They're just perfect. I mean, that song is so... It's who would have so thought perfect. that that song was just going to fit so well oh, yeah. with sports memes? Yeah. But... there was There's one of, like, a baseball team that hits a walk-off. And yeah, it's of supposed course. to be very, very serious, and that's how the meme started, is it was very serious. And the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, that's a good song to play. Right. And then people started making a joke. No, the Kansas the Kansas walk off field goal against Texas that video. Yeah, I think Barstool KU put that one I out. I think so. Yeah, uh, that is just a phenomenal video. Yeah. I love it. I got it. I've got that one saved. It's so funny. It is. It's yeah. just so clever. It's so witty, which is why these Barstool accounts crack me up. Right. It's because no, I think they're cle- more clever than people give it credit for. No matter what, just remember Kansas beat Texas in football. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's all I have to talk about. But if Kansas <laughs> did beat West Virginia by some wild stretch. Yeah. Uh, I think the city of Lawrence might burn to the ground. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think there is no chance. Morgantown might burn to the ground out of anger. Lawrence is going to burn to the ground out of celebration. I just, that would be wild. Yeah. Um, the other game I have my eye on is number 13, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They're playing Texas A&M this weekend. Mm-hmm. And What's your pick? Texas A&M. I agree completely. I, I, I want to believe in Kentucky. And I want to believe, yeah, this undefeated season, this great thing they have going is going to last. But I I just can't see it. I, I like can't A&M. see it continuing. I like A&M. And they're a favorite this in this game. Yeah. So. Oh, I didn't know they were actually favorite, though. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think they're a six and a half point favorite. Wow. So, so I just, I like A&M's athleticism. I like their coaching a lot. I think that they have a lot going for them. And I think they could pull this off. I, I heard the argument today that... A&M shouldn't be favored because 
they have two losses on their schedule. Ooh, it's right. Clemson and Alabama. Right, I know. And and that's that's where that argument is just such a load of crap. Yeah. Because you, you can't look at their schedule and be like, weak. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot look at their schedule and just be like, terrible. Yeah. Terrible teams all around. Yeah. Nope. Boo. They're playing no one, obviously. Right. Clearly, clearly they slacked off at the beginning of the season, opening their first couple weeks with Bama and Clemson on schedule. Yeah. So. And especially with a new coach. And they're still trying to make that roster gel. They're still trying to get everything situated. Everyone expected them to lose those two games. I, like, I, I don't blame them for that. And I don't think anyone should blame them for that. No. And if you're that person that's out there saying that they shouldn't are overrated or overhyped or whatever, even though they're not ranked. Turn this podcast off. Right. Turn it off. Go reevaluate college football. <laughs> if you're saying those two losses are bad losses, which they weren't necessarily close games, but I mean, you're still well, losing. Well, Clemson to was pretty close, wasn't it? It's closer. Yeah. It's closer than Bama was. But I. But my point is this. Those are two top four teams. Yeah. Maybe the one and two team in the nation. Yeah. So there's only they so much. They would be my pick for one and two. Sure. And there's only so much criticism that you can give someone for losing to them. Outside of that, we have Texas and Oklahoma this weekend, which I know you are just super amped for. Yeah. I love this rivalry. Yeah. I think it's one of the most interesting and fun in college sports. Uh, first time since 2012, the Oklahoma and Texas are both ranked going into the game, mm-hmm. which is very cool. And that just adds more hype to it, which makes everything more competitive and makes it more fun to watch. For sure. So if you, looking at rivalries mm-hmm. from your point of view, mm-hmm. if you had to compare this to a Michigan-Ohio State, a uh, Auburn in Alabama, yeah, where does this stand in regards to those three, if you had I to make a top three, I think in terms of fans mm-hmm. and fans hyping up this game, probably number two. Who's number one? Michigan, Ohio State. So you got the Iron Bowl at three. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. I just think these fans are so invested in their team. Sure. Which is what makes it so cool. But I, I yeah I'm. I think it's a great rivalry. And and I think this game football. could be a lot more fun now that Texas can hopefully feel the team yeah you know in a competitive team and not just get crushed by <laughs> Oklahoma so that I mean that'll be rivalries are better when the teams are competitive that's just yeah I mean that's just the plain and simple rule no one wants to watch two mediocre teams go against each other no one wants to watch one good team play one really bad team especially when it's a rivalry sure and and Kyler Murray I mean he's got to have a good game. Yeah, coming off of a record-setting game. Right. I mean, the expectations are high. Do you have? Did you have any of the stats from that? Or, um, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely did all of my homework for this. <laughs> no, I he he's a monster of a player. I mean, he's. I I watched that clip where he runs out of bounds. He does that little run to the sideline and then sprints up. I can't remember who they were playing, mm-hmm. but his acceleration, yeah, is unreal. I mean, it is absolutely unreal. The only guy I can remember who played quarterback that came even close to that kind of speed coming out of the pocket was Denard Robinson at Michigan. Yeah. That is the only guy that I can really remember who was like, yeah, he's that fast. So with a quick Google search, Mm -hmm. found those stats. So uh, he broke the school record for passing efficiency in a game with 348. Um, He broke Jason White's record of 303, and it was also a Big 12 record. Wow. Yeah. So... He had a great game, a great day for him. Um, uh, this game is going to be fun. I think there's a possibility that Texas could win this game. I'm shocked to hear you say that. Yeah, I know, because I'm definitely not always <laughs> in favor of Texas. <laughs> right. I don't always believe in them, especially as of late, yeah. um, because I think there's been people who were way too quick to jump the gun with Texas's back. Um, I agree with that for sure. And, and so... We'll we'll see where it goes with them, but I they could have a competitive team. It could be a competitive game. Who knows? They can force a couple of turnovers, get the ball bounced their way a couple of times. Yeah, I just can't wait to watch. Yeah, it's exciting. It's gonna be in the Cotton Bowl down in Texas. So if you're lucky enough to be going to that game, I'm very jealous of you right now. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm really hoping it's a close one. Yeah. Moving on from that, let's talk Nebraska. Oh God. Nebraska. Nebraska. Poor. <laughs> Nebraska, I, I'm so sorry. 
I just want to preface this whole thing with that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I really did not want to talk about them again this week. I know. Because like, it's just I didn't. sad. It, and it's it's one of those things where I just feel like I feel like I'm beating the horse dead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where they're in the same situation that they were last week. Where they yeah. just lost to a team. Maybe a little bit different of a situation. Because they lost to a team that was worse. Supposed to be worse. On yeah. paper probably than them. In Purdue. And they lost 42-28. to 28 oh. At home. You're losing yeah. to Purdue 42 to 28 at home with a packed stadium. With a packed stadium. Which shout out to Nebraska fans. Right, That's shout out to Nebraska impressive. fans for that. That is. That's very cool. Seeing them continue to Support believe in their team, and hope. yeah, and keep showing up and keep sort of filling that stadium. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I don't know if it was sold out. I know they have that record for consecutive sellouts, right. but but it looked great either way. But still, like the fact that people are still showing up to these games, um, and that people were still there in the fourth quarter. Even while bad. they were just getting crushed. I mean, they looked bad all around. Yeah. But 42-28 to 28 loss um, about uh, against Purdue. Two interesting stories came out of this. Uh, Ty John Lindsay, he is a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I believe he was the number 74 overall recruit in the 2017 class. Yeah. So, great athlete, so he's okay. obviously. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. He's perfectly casual, everyday guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but... He ESPN wrote Lindsay requested and was granted his release after playing in the first four games for Nebraska, which is 0-4 in Coach Scott Frost's debut season. By playing in four games this season, Lindsay will be allowed to take a redshirt season and retain two years of eligibility after sitting out in the 2019 season at another school. This is not something you do lightly. No. This, to me, suggests that there's bigger problems at Nebraska. Because if you have to... Sit out 2019, you have to take a redshirt season. I mean, that's that's a big deal. Right. And and it's one of those things. This this is, like you said, this is very indicative of the problems the program is having. Yeah. I think there's cultural issues probably in the locker room right now. I don't think the guys have any faith in the team. I mean, yeah. they, looked, they looked flat. Flat, boring, horrible when they were playing Purdue. I mean, they just didn't look like they had – any fight left. Any fight left, yeah. And then after that game, Coach Scott Frost heads to the podium. First, kudos to him mm-hmm. over the last couple weeks and not just losing his mind. Yeah. Because, frankly, if I was in his position, I don't know if I wouldn't have lost my mind already. Yeah. Especially, like, after losing to Troy, I probably already would have been yeah. off my rocker. Well, and not only that, but... The amount of hate he's been getting, or has to have been getting, I mean, based oh, on absolutely. social media, and based on his expectations, I'm sure he had set for himself, Sure, based on the expectations that Nebraska fans had set for him, mm-hmm. you know, coming off of that outstanding season he just had, and coming into a program like this, everyone expected this to be great. Sure. And I, it's I think been abysmal. And this is the hard thing with coaches, too. You know, frankly, I didn't expect Scott Frost to come in and then all of a sudden Nebraska was a contender to win the Big Ten. No. That just wasn't where my expectations yeah, were lying with things. Right. And But had they been on the track on the road to go, what, six and six? Yeah. Maybe reasonable. Yep. It's like, all right, he's That's adjusting. Sure. Not great. Still a 500 season. Could have been worse, I guess. They're I love a t- that you just said could have been worse, I guess, and this is where we're at. Right, yeah, this is exactly where we're at. Because I don't think coming into the season, Nebraska, so the Akron game was canceled. We already covered that right. last week. But I don't think coming into the season, if you're a Nebraska fan, you say, okay, yeah, we're going to lose to Colorado and Troy. Yeah. I think you expect, There's no way. okay, we might lose to Michigan. Sure, depending on if they show up that week. Yeah. And play to their potential. We're going to lose to Wisconsin. Sure. We're going to lose to Ohio State. We're going to lose to Michigan State. I think it's reasonable as a Nebraska fan to be like, okay, it's his first year. We might not win these key, heavy matchups. Yeah, these very big games. Right. But now you're on the schedule. You've lost your easy games. Yeah. For the most part. Outside of... In a few weeks, they have Bethune Cookman University. Um, if who they, they lose should to just that, 
if they lose to Bethune Cookman, there will be rioting in the streets. I don't think Scott Frost will survive. Yeah. I think he'll be fired immediately. Yeah, because they're they favored, what, like 96%? Yeah, it, well, and they should be. Yeah. Frankly, no, that should be 99%. Be. Yeah. I mean, um, the fact that it's only 96, it's indicative of the season they're having. Right. But looking at their schedule. You got next is Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. That's a loss. Yeah. Northwestern. I think they're going to lose that game. I think that's fair to say after this. Minnesota few, few weeks. could be close, but I could still see them losing that. Yeah. Bethune-Cookman, for the love of God, please beat Bethune-Cookman, <laughs> Nebraska. <laughs> Ohio At State's a loss. <laughs> right, yeah. Ohio State's a loss. U of I could be a win. Michigan State's a loss. And Iowa's a loss. Yeah. So you're looking at a maybe a one in ten, two yeah. in nine season. That's just it's shocking. Yeah. And disappointing. And okay. so we got off track for a second. Right. <laughs> so anyway, what did Scott Frost say at the podium? So Scott gets up to the podium and he says, They look like they love losing and they look undisciplined. I'm tired of coaching an undisciplined team. Now those are two separate quotes that were taken at different times. Um but just sort of meshing them together. Hardly to makes it better. Right. Yeah. I guess meshing it together does make it sound worse. Right. No, it makes it sound worse. Um, but I think those two quotes really show where Scott Frost is at with this team. Yeah. And it shows that something's not working. Sure. Which it, is like what I was just saying where I think that they must be having bigger issues. You don't say that if you're not having problems. No, you don't. You Like locker room problems. Obviously, you're having problems on the field. Right. But if you're having you know if everything's great in the locker room and the guys are chill and everything's fine you don't say that no and and they do he's i mean he's right they do look undisciplined yeah they look sloppy yeah but i think it's because they're in at a point with their season where they're like what are we even playing for yeah they're like we we don't we're care. a joke right now right they've given up they're the doormat of the yeah. big 10 they're where ruckers should be yeah i mean I'm not saying they're worse than Rutgers, but <laughs> no, but it's pretty close. <laughs> I'd be curious. To, I'd be interested to see a Nebraska Rutgers game right now. See how close that oh one is. Oh God, that's just sad to even say. Right, but I think he's at a point where he's clearly frustrated, and yeah. rightfully so. This is a horrible spot to be in. Yeah, this is not where you want to be. No, at all. No, you don't want to come in your first season at a big program like this and start zero and four. Especially with all the hype. Right, I mean, it's just sad doesn't make it easier doesn't make it like any better for him but but i mean just looking at the big 10 west they are in last place right now oh and two in conference play yeah and the big 10 west like we said before that is not the hardest side of the big 10 no that is the side with where the toughest team is wisconsin who's Mm -hmm. a good team yeah for sure but the other teams that you have on that side are northwestern purdue iowa minnesota and illinois oh wow so you have no Ohio State, no Michigan, no P- Michigan State, no Penn State. And you're still last. You're still last. Now, they're not deep enough into conference play for that to stand, I guess. But but still, the fact that they're even close to last yeah, is not great. No, not good for Nebraska. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hop into some MLB talk. It is It is October. It is the it's, best time of year for baseball. Oh, absolutely it is. But, yeah. So thank you so much again for joining us. We will be right back. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Uh, As we're recording this right now, the NLDS Game 1 between the Rockies and the Brewers is going on. It has gone into extras. It is 2-2 in the bottom of the 10th with two outs. uh, And they have runners on uh, 3rd and 1st that just switched over. So Mike Moustak is is up to bat. Yeah. Yeah. Royals fan. Yeah. There you go. Um. (laughs) But uh, this is like there's so many Royals in the postseason. Sorry to cut you off. No, go but ahead. it's it's actually crazy. Like there was uh, Josh Bernier from 610 Sports Radio was tweeting about it of 
like Wade Davis, Mike Moustakis, Lorenzo Kane, and um, I can't remember the other guy's name. He's so fast. It's not Torres. It might be Torres. Whatever. But there's so <laughs> many Royals in this postseason right now that it's very funny and mm-hmm. interesting. Well, speaking of Moustakis, he just singled the right. So now it scores 3-2 Brewers in the bottom of the 10th. That is going to be game over. So the Brewers are now they're have a one nothing lead on the Rockies in the NLDS. That's outstanding. So, and you know this is going to be a lot less impressive now, but the Brewers are my pick to win the series. <laughs> oh, were they? Yeah, they How convenient. Were. <laughs> were they your pick before we just gave that they update? They actually were. Okay, yeah. fantastic. So, do you actually want to hop into our MLB talk? We'll talk yeah. about why you pick the Brewers, why you like them, and let's do it. Go from there. So, just to give a brief rundown of the NL wildcard game, because mm-hmm. they broke a few records. It was very interesting. That so game. Ugh. It was wild. Coming off of game 163, mm-hmm. which, first of all, how ominous does that sound? As, like, baseball, it's like, oh, it's game 163. And <laughs> I don't know. I just think that was so cool. So, coming off of that, going into the wildcard game, it's Cubs-Rockies. This was the longest winner-take-all game in MLB postseason history by innings played, because they went to 13 innings. Longest playoff game in Wrigley Field history, four hours and 55 minutes. Ouch. And the Cubs used 23 players, tying an all-time MLB postseason record. Mm-hmm. All right. We're not surprised, right? No. No. But That's this just game... a Joe Madden strategy. Yeah. Right. It's a Joe Madden strategy that I feel like some people get super upset about where he uses, you know, a ton, just he's constantly changing a pitcher. He's constantly moving players around. And it's like, it's one of those things when it works, Chicago Cubs fans are like, he's a genius. Yeah. He's the best best manager in the league. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He knows better than anybody. And as soon as it doesn't, as soon as they lose, like they did last night, people are like, he used used too many reserves. Yeah. Yeah. He, he didn't. Why he didn't would you burn your bullpen, to, bullpen two nights in a row? Right. What did, he doesn't know what he's doing. Happened in the World Series. Yeah. And they won. Yes. They won that World Series, and people are still freaking out. Was like, that he with, doesn't know what he's doing? Uh, Chapman. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That sounds like. Yeah. Where they had Chapman start pitching in like the seventh, the seventh inning. inning, and the fact that we can still recall the exact inning shows how much just controversy there was surrounding this decision. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, they're going to – if they're going to win, you know, they're just going to outplay the other team. Yeah. They clearly didn't last night. I, for one, was shocked by the outcome of this game. I 10,000% thought this is going to be the Cubs' game. I thought they had top to bottom a better lineup. I thought they mm-hmm. had better players. Sure. They had the best record in the NL for months. Since July yeah. 31st. I mean, they had every single thing going for them, and it just fell apart. And I was so disappointed. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think rocker, rockers, I don't think rocker, <laughs> said it again. <laughs> wow, I don't think Rockies Brewers uh, was the NLDS that anybody thought was going to happen. No, I don't think you could have predicted that this was going to go on, especially with how the Cubs were all season. Yeah, seemed to be like. They were in control of their division. They were going to Oh, I thought they were going to win the NL Central, no problem. Sure. And then they just... And then game 163 happened. Right. They and slowly said, lost. Yeah. And everyone said, oh, okay, well, they'll win the wild card game. Right. And then they lost the wild card game. Right. And that was a game where it was like, for me, watching that game, it was one of the... I'm with, I was with friends of mine, and I looked at one of them, and I said, looks like I'm not going to bed yeah. until this is over. Because that game seemed like it was going to go on forever. I was no f- one could hit fully prepared to start making coffee and try to stay awake. <laughs> I mean, I was fully prepared for it to go until early in the morning because yeah. for me, I'm watching it. I'm like, neither of these teams can hit. Yeah. I was like, no, I don't have faith in any batter that comes up to the plate. Yeah. Chris Bryant came up and I was like, nope, strike out. Like, yeah. no chance. And when that happens, you know it's a rough game. Right. And, and it was one of those things. And then, I mean – if you look over at the AL wildcard, it was the total opposite. Oh, yeah. AL wildcard. Let's just talk about that for a moment. Sure. The Yankees deserved to win this game. They had incredible pitching. is very dominant. They had a great offense. The A's didn't have a chance. And it wasn't because the A's were bad. It was because the Yankees were that good. I mean, Aaron Judge was being Aaron Judge. He had a home run that came in at 96, 
left his bat at 116 <gasps> miles per hour and went 427 feet. Wow. I mean, that's just, that's insane power. Giancarlo Stanton got his first ever postseason home run, a moonshot that went 443 feet. These guys were so good. This is going to be the story of the Yankees postseason, though. If they're, I fully believe, you know, if Stanton and Judge are going, mm-hmm. and they're driving in runs. I know that sounds like a duh, but if Stanton and Judge are going and hitting well, even if Judge strikes out 27 times in the series, <laughs> as long as he hits those couple home runs that they need, it'll be fine. And as long as he hits those couple home runs, Yankees fans are still going to praise him like he is a god. Sure. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he strikes out 27 times yeah. if he hits a grand slam to win a game. Yeah. I mean, that that would just be the story. I mean. Yeah, fair. Um, but I... I don't know. I was watching the, I was watching some videos on social media. I loved all the Yankees fans chanting "We want Boston." No, at all of Yankee Stadium. As a Boston fan, no. <laughs> yeah, your combination of being a Royals fan and a Red Sox fan will always <laughs> just confuse me. It's okay. It's a good story though. Okay, I think it is. Sure. So. When I was young, I played softball for a very long time, mm-hmm. and I got very into baseball very early because of that. And I remember going grocery shopping with my mom one day, and she it was sort of that thing of, like, me and my sister were being annoying little brats, and she was like, okay, just get one thing. Just get one thing. Oh, she want. gave in on you guys? Yeah, for sure. Wow. And so I was like, all right, great. I want to pack a baseball card. And she was like, okay, fine. You're a freak. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I went home, and I said, okay, the first player that's like the first card that turns up is going to be my favorite player and it was david ortiz oh that's that's classic and so from then on i was like all right sounds good that's fate so no one let me get this straight no one in your family is a red sox fan um not really there's there's not a single (laughs) i just want to be clear there's not a single person in your family that prior to that was like emma you should cheer for the red sox that is fun team okay so prior to that it was pretty i mean my dad's college roommates were from Boston. Right. So he did have that sort of thing of like, yeah, Boston's a good team. But mm-hmm. it wasn't ever like, come on, we're going to go watch the Red Sox game. It wasn't ever anything like that. So is the Royals fandom then a proximity to home thing? or The Royals is a proximity to home thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you grow up around Kansas City, you're probably yeah, going to like the Royals. Right. No sure. matter how horrific they were. Yeah. No, they were terrible and this year. And are at this point. I mean, Jesus. And then Yost just got his contract extended. Which, Did really? Yeah. How long? Another year. Okay. But which, okay, here's the thing. I understand because it's not his fault that we fell apart. It was just the fact of, like, our our young guys who are good, like Whit Merrifield mm-hmm. and these kind of guys aren't. Whit Merrifield's shoulders are not built to carry a team. They're just not. <laughs> <laughs> he shouldn't have to. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, still. Even with the explanation, I'm always going to be confused at being both a Red Sox and Royals fan. But I guess if you're a Royals fan, you got to have something positive to cheer you for. You got to have something else. <laughs> um, you can't just be a Royals fan because then you're just sad. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's just a depressing, horrible year for you as a Royals fan. Yeah. But hopefully, for the sake of Royals fans, they could rebound. Probably not. I think within the next few years, this is how the Royals seem to cycle. Is We'll have a solid, like, what am I thinking of? Triple um, A teams and stuff like that and guys coming up. And then when it all culminates at the right time, then we're going to be fine. And that's what happened in um, the 2015 World Series and the 2014 World Series was they just all came up at the same time. And they were just like that close group of guys that just got it done together. And it was some very smart trades. Mm-hmm. And it was things like that that just all happen to work out in our favor i think i think hindsight is 2020 yeah on everything i think it would be very easy if they were in a different position if they hadn't won those world series or that world series yeah they went to two they lost yeah but uh oh thanks for the first one yeah i just want (laughs) to hey you remember madison bumgarner (laughs) i wonder how he's doing did have you heard the story okay quick sidetrack because this is the craziest baseball story i've ever heard all right excited madison bumgarner Uh uh-huh was i don't know where he was Mm -hmm. but he there's a story of when i was looking up these crazy injuries he is this his atv injury no 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 it's worse than that 
because that this is why it's crazy because he was injured riding a dirt bike but right. he was able to go through this experience unscathed he killed a rattlesnake and then reached into its stomach and was able to revive the baby bunnies it had just eaten bullshit swear to god he came out of it totally fine you're kidding yeah no that's real how who reported that i mean it was a legit news outlet like i looked it up it was legit oh i can't here i'm gonna you gotta find that we'll we'll get back to that as soon as she finds that source um (laughs) moving on from that the alds is the red Sox and yankees yes i'm so excited for this series i I, there's something about it there's something about when the red Sox and yankees play maybe because you know it's one of the perennial sports rivalries it's one of the greatest that just there's so many sb nation i'm just saying the most credible of sources. We have, this is the story of Madison Bumgarner killing a snake and saving a rabbit's life. They're talking about it. There was a Dodgers-Giants broadcast that talked about it. Wow. I, I, this happened. I believe you. I believe you. I'm, I'm still, sh- I guess I shouldn't be as shocked because it is Madison Bumgarner. And he's. And like, you could tell me he wrestled down a bear. <laughs> and I'd probably be like, <laughs> like okay, sure. yeah, sure. I, I, fine. It could have happened. I guess I'll give you that much, but wow, I'm still impressed. But like I was saying, okay, sorry, Red Sox Yankees. <laughs> Red Sox Yankees. Um, I'm so excited about this. I'm so nervous about this because we, I think the Yankees are outstanding. Can we talk about that weird Chris Sale interview? Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> he's so locked in. Yeah. A reporter asked him, for those of you who didn't see it, he said, "Tell us about your success against the Yankees." And Chris Sale looked at him. He said, "No." I that just, was the end of the interview. <laughs> Chris Sale is, I feel like he's kind of a little bit crazy. I mean, if you're a pitcher, coming as a pitcher, you got to be a little crazy. Sure. But isn't he, didn't he cut up a bunch of uniforms when he was with the oh, White Sox yeah. because he hated that how they looked weird. or something like that? Yes. He said that it was uncomfortable. I think it was that he didn't like how they looked and it was also uncomfortable when he was throwing. So he just chopped them up. So he just cut all of them up. Yeah, that's that's a little bit crazy. But yeah, I just I think that he's locked in. I think that he has a whole lot of people against him right now because they're saying, you know, it's you know, if he's healthy and that's a big if, mm-hmm. then they'll be okay. That kind of thing. And people are this is not the same Chris Sale we've seen, which fair enough, it it wasn't because the last Chris Sale we saw was a goddamn robot. And yeah. this guy is a human being. And I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt for this because hmm. I think that he's a phenomenal pitcher. I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, I know he is a phenomenal pitcher. I won't argue on that. Yeah. We'll ju- we're just going to have to wait and see yeah. if he shows up in the series. I think for me, something that's super compelling is the fact that Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez. Incredible. Finish one and two in batting average for all of the MLB this season. Yeah. I wouldn't one be and shocked. Two. I wouldn't be shocked if they finished one and two in the MVP votes. <laughs> I yep. wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. but I think Mookie Betts will be the AL MVP, and you can quote me on that. Okay. We'll mark that down right now that All you right. think Mookie Betts will be the AL MVP. And no, I think I if mean, he doesn't get it, he deserves to be it. Sure. Yeah. I I mean, he's an incredibly talented player. Yeah. But having two guys in your lineup that are hitting that well. Yeah. That's, I mean, good Lord. That is just the best situation to be in. Yeah. Um. J.D. Martinez just hit home run 43. He set the record for most home runs by a player in their first season with the team, which just shows one thing. I think it shows, for me, how good this clubhouse is together Mm -hmm. because that shows that he's comfortable with them. Because I think that's everything. You know, I've played on teams where people don't really get along. Mm -hmm. And do you think we've played that well? No, probably not. And got to have some chemistry. Of course. But the teams where everyone was comfortable were the – teams that were winning championship tournaments right do you know my one of my favorite examples is like teams with just garbage chemistry <laughs> i mean gar like seriously garbage do you remember nebraska when the lakers no, nebraska football maybe <laughs> yeah um but do you remember when the lakers got steve nash and dwight howard oh and people yeah. were freaking out <laughs> yeah. even though i mean dwight howard was re- steve nash was definitely at the end of his career yeah and dwight howard was I mean, not really anything special at the time. Yeah, I mean, he was say. definitely on his decline. But people were still freaking out. That team 
terrible. Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, they sucked. Just awful. Um, but back to baseball. This is going to be an awesome series. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a cla- – I hope it's a classic series. Yeah. Um, how long till we get a fight? Are we going to get a fight? I would not be surprised if there was a fight very early on in this series just because of how high the tensions are going to be. Sure. I think right now everyone's trying to be good sports about it. You know, Aaron Boone, Yankees manager, just said, you know, we know how good they are. Uh, we're, we know we're going to have to play our best if we have a chance to beat them. So clearly they're trying to be, like, good sports right now. But I think once we get into the series, it's going to be – it's the Yankees-Red Sox. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's probably going to be clean. I think that there's going to be some stuff that goes down, and I think that that's what makes everyone want to watch this series. Sure. Yeah, I mean – and you I mean, you watch it for the drama. Yeah, of course you, you want this to be entertaining. It's the postseason. This is what everyone waits for right. in baseball. And if, if each game is a blowout, regardless of which team does it, this will probably be the most disappointing – Oh, series yeah. all postseason. Oh yeah. If each game is a blowout, which I don't think it will be, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting to see how these two teams come out and play. Yeah, and so like with you, what you were saying with these, um, with this rivalry. So I don't know if you saw this. The last time that the Red Sox and Yankees played each other, Giancarlo Stanton hit a home run over the Green Monster. Are you? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not. But okay, so he hits a home run over the Green Monster. And a fan catches it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. At the top of the yep, green monster. Never mind. And throws it back onto the field and hits him. Yeah. So did you hear what that fan said? Oh, God. No. I heard people on Twitter saying, sign him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a, you got got a gun. <laughs> um, but apparently that fan, he said like he didn't even look. He just picked up the ball and threw it. Then that's just gone. And then he said, <laughs> as soon as it hit him, he went, oh, no, that's going to be a big deal. <laughs> like, he, he knew as soon as that ball hit Stanton. I just – I Stanton's reaction after the ball hits him, just looking up at the stands and just sort of saluting him, yeah. that was priceless. Oh, my God. I mean – And I'm not even somebody who likes Stanton, but I think he's – he's an incredible player. I just – right now I'm not a huge fan because he's on the Yankees. <laughs> but – that reaction was everything priceless yeah it was great which is what also i think why people wanted to see this series because it's like oh how's he gonna react how's this gonna go you know clearly there's some tension there i think i'm so i'm just stoked Mm -hmm. the nlds i think will be equally good with the rockies at brewers uh brewers have won five of seven against the rockies this year i think they're probably gonna take the series Mm -hmm. oh wait i guess we can change that stat so they've now won six of eight there you go. Against the Rockies this there you year. go. Um, I think Arenado, Trevor Story, Charlie Blackman are your three top players for the Rockies right now. They're the names everyone knows. Mm-hmm. And um, Trevor Story has some crazy stats. He bounced back from an injury and had has 37 home runs and 108 RBIs versus the Brewers alone. Seven home runs in seven games, so 27 mm-hmm. at-bats, plus a double and a triple. So he has 18 RBIs. All nine of his hits against Milwaukee were extra base. This is before tonight, but sure. I mean, it looked like he had the Brewers number. It right. looked like, I mean, that's weird, right? Like, right. That's I mean, weird. It, it's an impressive stat, but it is the postseason. I, he might have had their number during yeah. the regular season, and that's, I mean, that's crazy. Seven home runs in seven games is, I mean, that's very impressive. But it is the postseason. High adrenaline changes things. I guess. Right, yeah. I don't know that he's going to ha- keep putting out the same kind of statistics. Oh, I'm very doubtful. Yeah. Um, I but, just think that's kind of wild. But it'd be an <laughs> awesome storyline to follow yes. if he did. Um, in other news, right now being played is the other NLDS game. It's Dodgers and Braves. Uh, Dodgers are up 4 to nothing at the top of the third. Oh, no. So. That's yeah. not how I expected that to go, actually. Did you think the Braves were – I didn't think the Braves – we're going to win it, but I thought it was going to be competitive. Right. And it's what, the second inning? Uh, top of the third. Okay. So I thought it was going to be closer than that for sure. Yeah. Um, Did you see Puig's interview though? Mm-mm. You see how Puig, it's like shirtless in the locker room, you know, there's Spanish <laughs> champagne or whatever. And he's like, we're going to the World Series. And he's like screaming at this reporter who's sitting there and he's like, hell yeah, brother. I mean, he just looks hyped <laughs> up too. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was it was funny. Puig is a fun guy to watch. That's awesome. Uh, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have some NFL talk for you guys. Um, super exciting stuff. NFL season. It is. It's in full swing. Oh, yeah. So we'll be right back. Welcome back. We are going to hop into NFL talk. That that song super relaxing. Oh, yeah. That was chill. That was really... That calmed me down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Um, we're going to hop into NFL talk, like I said. Uh, quick power rankings update. Mm-hmm. Just because it makes me laugh. Yeah. Patriots are back in the top five. I <laughs> love that. After... One win against the Dolphins, who I wouldn't necessarily say is a powerhouse team, but they were undefeated, and the Patriots did beat them 38-7. Also, Dolphins, what we just played should be in your theme song. <laughs> that? <laughs> just saying. Is that what the team should run out of the tunnel to? Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> I, I, that would be... You have these massive guys, so hyped up for the game. I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. Um... Oh my god, I want someone who's good at editing to make that a reality. No, that they would never allow that to happen. No, I know, but just like on Twitter. Oh, just on Twitter. Yeah, that would Somebody be funny. Somebody edit a video of that. Yeah. Please. Another the uh the other team I wanna keep an eye on are two teams I should say. Rams are number one. Uh-huh. They are far and away. They look like the best team in the NFL right now. Fair. I mean, they look dominant. Jared Goff just had a monster game. I think he had a QBR of like 138 or something like that. Oh, wow. With five touchdown passes, which is nuts. Um, and then the Chiefs are number two. I... Oh, the Chiefs. Okay. Being from near Kansas City, mm-hmm. I have to be a Chiefs fan, right? That's just kind of how it works. However, the Chiefs kick me in the teeth every year. Year after year, everyone goes, this is our chance. This is what we're going to do. And then we lose to the Tennessee Titans. Sure. I. This is this is another example of I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe that the Chiefs are a good team when we go into the playoffs and we're winning. I fully expect the Chiefs happen. to close this season on a run of like two and seven. Like, I, I, that would be the most Chiefs collapse oh my God, yeah. ever. I mean. It's like disappointed but not surprised. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, we were so good for a couple of weeks. And, you know, this is, I mean, they've looked good all season. And Patrick Mahomes, who we'll get into in a second. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, we'll hop into that in a second. But I could totally see them falling apart. Yeah. Andy Reid doing Andy Reid stuff. Yeah, and this is what happened last year where we started off very strong. Beat the Patriots and everyone freaked out. Yeah. It was like, the Chiefs are the best team in the league. They're going to win the Super Bowl. And then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> that one that, worked. <laughs> and then just that decline. And then, you know, like, oh, well, at the very end of the season, like, jump back up a little bit. And once again, people are saying, you know, oh, we're going to be a good team. We're going to make a playoff run. Remember who we were in the beginning of the season. Right. And then it just doesn't happen. It's every year, guys. Yeah. It, it is one of those things where it's like, oh, Chiefs aren't, they're not the second best. They might no. be the second best team in the league right now. But, but come the, the end, end of the, of the season, season, there's no way. No way. I believe it when I see it. I don't have, I hate to say it, but I don't have any faith in them that they're going to do anything outside of fair. choke. I right. think that's fair to say. Um, I'm not mad at that. So Patrick Mahomes, speaking of the Chiefs, is has started this season on just a monster tear. Yeah. I mean, 14 touchdowns, no interceptions. He's completed 65% of his passes. For 1,200 yards. So, (laughs) big question that we have is, is there too much hype too soon around this kid? Or 
for Chiefs fans, I think a lot of them are hoping, is this the answer? Is this yeah. the guy that is going to be the franchise quarterback, the solid quarterback that they need so that they can have a really high-powered offense and hopefully get to the Super Bowl? Well, we need a high-powered offense because our defense is trash. <laughs> but <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, one of the things I really like about him is I read – an article, uh, I want to say ESPN, said he's mm. not doing any major campaigns. Like, he's not going to sign with Adidas or Nike or anything like that um, per his own choice because he said that he wanted to prove himself. I I like that. I I like it as, like, a sportsmanship move. But from, like, a business mindset, I'm like, no, go make your money. Well, like, sure. Your career could end in a minute. Go sign a deal. Get some money. That's fair. That's fair. And I completely understand that. I just think... It's cool. It doesn't make him look arrogant. It mm-hmm. makes him look like, no, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna be scrappy, and I'm still gonna try to show you all what I have, which I can really appreciate as yeah. a fan. Well, you can be scrappy and still make that Nike money. I mean, you can, but it, but then how many people would be like, what the hell is this kid doing on the screen? He's been in the league for a few weeks. Right. I mean, but it, if you're I, from where I sit, if you're a quarterback like that, especially a dual threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, my best comparison think of guys like rg3 yeah when rg3 had his season with the redskins yeah. he was dominant and he looked like a force and he looked like someone who people could say oh yeah well i could totally see him working out and being a franchise quarterback maybe sure. had he waited to sign endorsement deals and things like that he probably wouldn't have made a lot of the money that he made yeah probably mostly because he w- winds up getting hurt he scrambles on some plays, gets a concussion, hurts his knee, things yeah. like that. It's, it is, from where I sit, and if I was his manager and if I was the people around him, I'm telling him, go get your money now because you don't know when this is going to end. Yeah, and I completely understand that as well. I really do. Right. And I, I get where he's coming from somewhat because, yeah, it'd be, like, really cool for him to have a great year prove himself or like have two great years and prove himself i think one is enough right one is enough for sure but like i said it can end like that like in a blink of an eye um and it would be a real shame to not get to capitalize on any of that yeah but i one of my roommates made a great point to me okay um and he said that we do this with every rookie i know he's not a rookie he sat out of the year but we do this with every new quarterback where if they start hot we overhype them oh yeah like we get way too high on it we're like look at guys like deshaun watson dak prescott yeah rg3 who i brought up a minute ago guys who started very very hot and then just sort of flatlined I mean, even Carson Wentz, I mean, he started very hot. Yeah. And I won't say he completely flatlined. He still was fine before he hurt his knee. But he said once these teams get film on these guys, they start to understand what they are as a player and they can sort of account for the things that they're going to do during a game and game plan for them a little bit better. Which, yeah, I understand. I think it's also a little bit of the rookie's adrenaline Mm -hmm. really kicking in and then you know, pushing them through and having some games and making some plays that they just wouldn't otherwise. Yeah, and it's that whole thing of, like, holy shit, I'm in the NFL. Right, yeah. Holy shit, I'm in the NFL. I better do well. Yeah. Yeah. And there's got to be so much pressure. I mean, there's just got to be so much. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I I don't understand how people can play D1 sports with that pressure, let alone a professional team in a professional sport like football that has so many Mm -hmm. millions of viewers. Yeah. It's got to be insane. I would argue, though. That some of those D1 programs have more pressure surrounding them than some of the pro programs. Intriguing. I think I think if you go to a school like Bama, mm-hmm. there is more pressure to be great and to lead that team on you personally than there is at some of the pro teams. Because That's you, fair. I didn't think about that. That's right. definitely true. Well, because when you look at a school like Bama, think about let's look at Jalen Hurts for a second. Okay. Look what happened to him this year. He was the guy at Bama. He was the starter. He was the guy. Everyone was like, okay, he's solidified. He was, I think, some ridiculous stat, like 23-2 and as a starting quarterback. In any other circumstance, there's no reason that he would ever be pulled out. Yeah. I can't think of 
really another program in the country outside of Clemson because they just did it this year. Right. That would pull them out. And that's where I think that pressure on the individual is so high because you have to compete. You have to succeed. There is no such thing as guaranteed money, for, partly because due to the NCAA, there is no money. <laughs> but <laughs> whole different issue. I'm not going to get into yeah, it. But I'm... Yeah, you saw the glow in my eyes, but I, I'm yeah, not going to hop into that one. Yeah, you can see the look on Zach's face right now. Yeah, I, but it is one of those things where you have to compete. You're competing to eat, and some of the, I think some of the pro guys at some of these programs or uh, companies – which they really yeah. are. No, that's a um, comparison. It's a little less stressful. I'm not saying they don't have to compete. I'm not saying they don't try as hard as they can. But I'm just saying I think some of that pressure is lifted off once you get a contract that's inked and has some guaranteed money on it. Sure. But, yeah, I. it'd be cool to see Mahomes keep up this pace. You know? I'd love to see it. Yeah, it'd be, I mean, awesome. Um It'll be heartbreaking for Chiefs fans if it doesn't. Yeah. And inevitably falls apart. The only question I have is to what level is it going to fall apart to? Yeah. But we'll see. You had an injury story for us. Yeah. So uh, Shohei Otani just had a successful Tommy John surgery, but he's still going to be my cringy injury for the week because now there's question marks about his return. He was one of those guys who's so who was so hyped up to be this incredible player, you know, as a pitcher and a hitter, as someone who is just amazing. And now that he's had Tommy John's, you know, sometimes these things don't go well and sometimes players come back different. And I really hope that's not the case. I don't want to see that be the case. Um, but I just I just hate that this is happening. I, I want him to stay healthy. I want him to be good because I want him to be an aspirational story for guys in this league. Sure. Yeah, I mean – Tommy John, that's a brutal surgery. Yeah, um, it's not easy to come back from. No, it's not easy to come back from, and hopefully, you know, hopefully he can, you know, never wish that on any player. Yeah, of course not. But yeah, that is mm, Tommy John. That is just brutal. Yeah. Um, I had my stat that I was gonna share for you. Let's hear it. NHL season kicked off uh, last night. Washington so Capitals. I bet this is like. Not major for you at all. Not major Not for me excited. at all. Nope. Casual. <laughs> I'm super unexcited about hockey season being back. Doesn't care at all. Nope. Not even a little. Um, yeah, no. But uh, the Washington Capitals, they had their first game since winning Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. They played the Boston Bruins, and they won 7 to nothing. Oh, wow. Yeah. So That's a high-scoring hockey game. Yeah. Yeah. 7 to nothing. Um it kind of looked like a preseason game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that that kind of scoreline looks like a preseason game. But that win, and this is very specific, mm-hmm. but it, it was the largest shutout win by a Stanley Cup champion in a season opener ever. Oh, wow. In the history of the NHL. Ever. So, Cap- are, are the Capitals cool. back? Are they going to repeat? Can we say that after one game and – in a very, very long hockey season. I think that that is the boldest take <laughs> of all time. And I yeah. love it. And I'm sticking with it. <laughs> no, I'm so excited that hockey season is back. Um, I always have said that I think the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win in sports. That Interesting. or the NCAA tournament. Um, I think those are the two hardest yeah. trophies to win in sports. Stanley Cup, it goes for like two months. Yeah. That's that is crazy. that is a brutal oh, game no. to be playing seven game series in yeah in especially for since two it's months hockey right after you've just played an eighty two game season oh no then you hop into yeah it is that that's absolutely brutal so I, I'm very excited it's gonna be interesting putting the biases out in the open I am a Red Wings fan <laughs> I'm a very big Red Wings fan um. Hopefully they can have a decent season. Yeah, but it's coming from somebody who knows absolutely nothing about hockey. <laughs> things go well for you. <laughs> full full transparency here yeah, on this podcast. I know zero. About yeah, hockey. I I don't know. It's a young team, so it's going to be an interesting season for them. It's going to be a great NHL season all around. Speaking of high scoring games in the NHL, 
at the end of the third period right now, the Capitals and Penguins are playing. Oh. It is six to six. Wow. It what is the a, hell? It is a 12-goal game. Um, the, I mean, looking across the NHL scoreboard right now, the rest of the scores look very normal. They do not yeah. look like that. I mean, 1-1, 2-1, 3-2, 1-0. 6-6. That's surprising. That is, yeah, shocking. Um, but, yeah, did you have anything else for us today? Um, there's just some other random baseball stuff. You know, Ned Yost given a contract extension. <laughs> um, Mike Scotia leaving the Angels, which was surprising and not surprising. Can we talk about the Ball family? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, I can't stand the Kardashians the of sports, everyone. Oh, that's great. Oh yeah, <laughs> I never thought of that. That's mm-hmm. great. Oh yeah. So, I, did you see the clip? Did you see what happened? Yeah, I saw it. So, I for just, those of you who didn't, Lamelo Ball slapped an opponent in the face, and a fight broke out in a JBA international game. I think they're back in Lithuania too. I think that was the case. Yeah. I, I just watching the Ball family. And I'm, again, full transparency, I do watch that Facebook show. No, you don't. Yeah, I do, because it is so I hard. I it just is, quit on It's air. so hard to look away once you start, start watching and no. just see exactly how dysfunctional. I just want to see what LeVar is thinking, like, 24-7. I want to be inside his mind for a little and try to understand, okay, yeah, he rationalized <laughs> that thought. Sure, uh. fine. LeVar Ball is just so frustrating because at some point it's like your son is in professional sports now. Please back off. I mean, you have to at some point back off. And he's just like that kind of obsessive helicopter parent that I hate to see at any age. Sure. And it's like, dude, your kid is an NBA player. Let it go for a little bit. One of his kids. He wants all three of his kids to be NBA players. Yes, but are all three of his kids good enough to be NBA players? No. LaMelo... I don't think LaMelo's good enough. I, I think LaMelo could have made the NBA, mm-hmm. potentially, had he gone to, you know, a real school and done Division One basketball yeah. and gotten in the weight room with guys who are on that track to go pro and gotten on the court with them, you know, played at UCLA like his brother. I think playing at UCLA benefited Lonzo tremendously because yeah. it yeah. exposed him to – competition not only from guys that he'd probably already seen in things like AAU and stuff like that but to guys who some had come from Europe he probably hadn't played before guys who maybe he hadn't played but had been spent four years in college just getting bigger yeah and were just more physical and older than him and he learned I think he legitimately learned a lot and then he goes to the tournament and gets just bodied by Mm. De'Aaron Fox yeah who I think scored like 33 points on him but those are all learning experiences for sure. against elite players who are going into to be in the same position. LaMelo playing in the JBA, that's just not the same. No, it's not. Like, you I, you can't watch those games and be like, yeah, the same quality as college basketball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a Big 12 game for yeah. sure. This is like watching Kansas and Kentucky play. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, I don't know. I He's I got an NBA agree. son. It is Lonzo. I don't. It will definitely not be LiAngelo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he. Yeah. Let's just no put chance. that out there right now. Yeah. No chance. He will not be the next. You know, Clay Thompson, regardless of what Lavar thinks. Uh, um, and Lamelo. Now I'm just gonna get annoyed. Yeah. And Lamelo, <laughs> we'll see. But, with that being said, on that just. Ugh. No. <laughs> yeah. This was um, a good place to end. <laughs> yeah. We are going to thank you guys so much for joining us once again on the second episode. This was slightly better. I think think we're doing better. better. Yeah. So if you've been listening since the first episode, congratulations. You (laughs) made it to episode two. Hopefully you (laughs) make it to episode three. for two weeks. Right. And uh, once we get that consistent schedule down uh, and figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. We'll let you know. Follow us on Twitter at Easy Sports Pod. There you go. That's where you'll get all of your news about what we're doing and what's happening. And our very bold takes on sports and the happenings. For sure. Until then, we'll see you guys later.